Welcome to At Home with Kelly and Tiffany, where naturally-minded women gather together as we pursue simplicity and confidence in health alternatives so we can show up better in our busy lives and feel more at home in our bodies. Join your favorite home birth midwife duo for conversation, candor, and community. You're at home with Kelly and Tiffany. My name is Kelly Pappas. My name is Tiffany Alblinger. We're midwives. And we have brought you into our little bubble for the next 30 minutes. You belong to us. Not your families. Or anybody else. You can't belong to you can't belong to yourself. Nope. Can't belong to Sorry. <laughs> any affiliate organizations. <laughs> Quit your life and listen to this episode. We need a hundred percent of your attention. Yes, we do. Mostly kidding, but a hundred percent of your attention because if you are pregnant and you just found out, or you are pregnant and you're like kind of wandering through the journey, or you hope to be pregnant one day. This is going to be a stellar episode to focus on, really lean into, and soak up the way to sort through your pregnancy in the healthiest, most connected way possible. It's going to be a great one. Yeah, it is. So we're, like, I feel like we're starting to get to the halfway point of summer, and I'm feeling a little bit crazy about it, like, oh! I'm going to really be more summery here. I'm trying to lean into summer, but summer's running away. I want to lean in extra hard on the second half. The first half, I was just testing it out. I was like, are you summer? Yes, you are. Summer is not here to stay, though. No. But this is what we did. In celebration of halfway through summer, we created... Amazon list of recommendations for all things low tox. So we have got everything that the environmental working group deems as the cleanest, safest products for things like sunscreen, after sun care, and aloe vera, products for your hair, products to bring to the beach and pool with you, all kinds of things that are specific to summer. We've got the lowest toxic load available. So I'll link that in show notes so that you guys can enjoy that. I started doing a little bit of research on my own about sunscreens and I got so far down into it. I'm like, we should probably, I should probably organize this for other people. That would be kind, right? So you're welcome. I will say that is a hard rabbit hole because whenever you start searching for one particular item, that you're like, how can I get like the lowest toxic or whatever? You end up searching for so long and then getting all of these different products and different thoughts on different products. I love trusting that one, we can put together all of those things for people, but two, that we're gonna save people a grip of time. Oh yeah, and sometimes I think we have this idea like low tox things or organic products are extra expensive and fancy and I don't know, stupid. Mm-hmm. I, I Maybe it's just me. But I found a lot of products that are totally affordable, really simple, straightforward, and good for you. And so I'm excited to share that piece of it too. And if you have Prime, it's going to get here by dinner time, which <laughs> always freaks me out. 
I'm a hundred percent waiting for the drone to drop one off one day. Oh Do yeah, I mean you you have like three different Amazon deliveries. It was bizarre. One day we had ordered things, and I think they were in the same actual order. And we have three different guys drop off three separate orders in a span of like an hour. It just can't be the most efficient way for Amazon to do that. Did I need something so badly 20 minutes before the other thing? I don't understand it. I hope not. I hope I that it's not me. I don't even think I opened them up for the next like two days either. I didn't like need it that fast. No, it's just in a pile waiting for a time when you need a dopamine hit. Yes, that's true. The return on investment, the dopamine <laughs> return on investment. Yep. Okay, I have a really fun review to read. Great. I mean, they're all great, but this one's really good. I almost sent it to you ahead of time because it's so good. It like made my day, but I wanted you to just be able to enjoy it in real time. So I'm sharing it with you now. This is by Amy, Amy Sonier. And the title is, Kelly and Tiffany Got Me Pregnant. (laughs) Already, we're buying, well, I was going to say we're buying drinks. We'll buy you coconut waters. Yeah, non-alcoholic drink of your choice. Yeah, yeah. mocktails. Okay, then her review starts, well, not quite. My husband did that part. (laughs) It's a good woman. This is great. Uh, But Kelly and Tiffany definitely helped. I had been listening to their podcast for a while when I finally got my period back at 18 months postpartum. My cycle was so long and unpleasant and I felt completely out of control of my body. I know this can be normal postpartum, but I decided to take things into my own hands. I looked into their recommendations for fixing my period. I was already doing some of the things, but I wanted to get back to normal as quick as possible. So I added two more things. Every day I ate my little seeds and I drank my little tea. In my little house, with my little... (laughs) I love this. The first cycle I did this, I started feeling a lot better, but my cycle was still 50 days long. The next cycle, day 14 rolls around, and I think, surely I'm not ovulating now. My cycle is still so long. It can't be fixed yet. I guess the thing I didn't learn from Kelly and Tiffany was to listen to my body when it told me pretty clearly what it was doing. Now here I am in my second trimester, super excited to be planning my home birth with all the information I've learned from them. They care so much about women's health that they have a ton of information just sitting out there for free. They're a breath of fresh air in an industry that's so broken. Can you print that out for me and I'll just put it on my mirror? That is amazing. I love it. Amy, these are the words that keep us going. It is true, because sometimes what we do can be hard. Emotionally, it can be, it can feel like you're up against a wall sometimes. And we know that what we're doing, we're like, yes, we're going to keep going forward. This is meaningful. But I don't think we always remember and realize how meaningful it is, especially for women that we don't get to actually take care of in person. Like that is, that makes doing this infinitely worth it. Agreed. So good. Uh, Just a balm to my soul. For real. I had to wipe a little tear from the corner of my eye. Making an impact. One woman at a time is enough. Absolutely. If that was like the only feedback we ever got, I'd be like, that was worth it. 
We'll keep, we'll keep on keeping on. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so Amy, you know when you tell us that you heard your review right on the podcast, we'll buy you a drink. You let us know, and we will gladly buy you a drink for this review. So very kind. You can rate and review the podcast anytime, but if you leave a five-star review, we'll read it on the show. Only five-star reviews. Do not leave less than a five-star review. We will not read it on the show. We'll petition to get it deleted. <laughs> I don't even know if you can do that. You probably can't. Yeah. Unless you pr- you have to you probably have to prove that it's some kind of. I have 128 episodes of proof that this is that information is wrong. Yeah, I'm I'm just gonna trust that that's not gonna happen. <laughs> no, well, no one's gonna do nope. that. No, they're not. Okay, so jumping into what to do as you first discover you're pregnant, I want to hear from you, Kelly. Tell me the three times that you found out you were pregnant. Where were you? What were you doing? I know that is a moment that is that just stays with us forever, right? Yeah, for sure. My first one is the the best. Well, there's my my bookend babies are like the best stories because so we were living in Chicago at the time, and I was in graduate school when. My husband and I had been married for like a year and a half, maybe or something around that time. And we, I had a, like one of my best friends growing up was visiting us in Chicago and we went to the top of the Willis tower and there's like this, uh, you walk out and you're over this like clear overhang and you're like way up high. So I started feeling really nauseous when I was sitting there and I was like, I felt like I was getting vertigo sort of. And I was like, clearly it's because we're at the top of this building. But like, that's a weird response for me because I don't get like that. So anyway, so we're walking down the street. And as I was explaining, I was like, man, I'm still nauseous. And my friend was like joking with me, like maybe you're pregnant. And I had been on hormonal birth control at the time and was like, no, there's actually no way that I'm pregnant. And then continued to not feel well that day. And it just sort of like took her and she was like, you should just take a test like just because, cause I was like, oh no, I'm gonna start my period tomorrow or whatever the period is that you have when you're on that. And we stopped into a CVS in downtown Chicago and I bought a pregnancy test and I was like, I'm just gonna take it here. So in the middle of like a janky downtown Chicago CVS, I found out that what we were not planning was to get pregnant, that I was pregnant. And then I got to go home and tell my husband, surprise, (laughs) our whole life plan was not what we had planned. He liked that, I bet. It took us a little while to wrap our brains around it. We were never like sad, but we were like, what? Because I was like, busy and I thought that I would I just I wasn't even it wasn't on my radar if you're hearing me say that I was on hormonal birth control you know I was like a totally different person (laughs) at that point and so it's pretty wild to like think back to that day so fun yeah for sure my second we were actively trying and it was like the first time I ovulated after I weaned my two-year-old and then like we both were like hopeful for it So I took a test and was like, we both kind of knew that that was like what was going to happen. And then the third, we were not planning whatsoever. I was exhausted in midwifery school, finishing up. And I was at my parents' house. My toddler then, or no, not even toddler, she was older, 
was crawling on me and she was eating some kind of snack that my parents had offered her and she like playfully was putting it in my face to like take a bite or something and I smelled it and I was like this is old like there's something wrong with this this makes me want to barf and I went home thinking oh cred because like a week before or so I had gone to a birth and I was asking my preceptor why the placenta smelled so disgusting and I was like something is like there's like an infection there's something wrong here and she was like there's nothing there's nothing wrong it smells exactly like a placenta would smell and it that I finally put it together so took a pregnancy test that night and this was like two weeks after maybe my husband had pulled his or torn his Achilles so he was like laid up in bed still couldn't walk and then I told him we were pregnant <laughs> he was his response like he was happy but he was like, oh, I can't even walk. <laughs> like, I don't know why that was the initial response, but those are my stories. <laughs> so good. All, which is funny to me because at the time, very like body literate, but just my, my body was so out of whack in midwifery school. Well, and it just goes to show you like how an extreme amount of stress can actually change your perception of what's happening in your body also or your ability to be aware or 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 right it it was all of it my ovulation didn't happen at the time that I thought it did because I wasn't fully paying attention but also the stress and like lack of sleep and not nourishing myself well and then I think when I found out I was pregnant I was already like seven weeks or something not even realizing that I like literally so not connected with my body as I'm communicating and teaching other women and supporting other women in communicating and connecting with their bodies. It was, it was an unwell time, but so thankful because my youngest like absolutely is like the perfect little crazy fit in our family. It is all, all so sweet and also meant to be. So we, we did an episode a few months ago that is called What You Need to Know Before You Get Pregnant. That's available to you to go back and listen to if it sounds interesting. That's episode 118. I'll link it in the show notes also. But basically the synopsis of that I'm going to include right now in the top five things to do before you get pregnant. Number one, be on a methylated folate supplement. That is really important. If you want more details about that, you're going to have to go back and listen to the episode. Number two, dial into gut health basics and blood sugar stability. It'd be so great to go into pregnancy with those two pieces handled because it's going to impact a really positive, healthy pregnancy for you. Number three, research your provider and location options in your area and start to figure out what kind of birth do you want to have? What does that care provider look like? Where will you give birth? And what are the logistics of what are available to you? It matters before you get pregnant. It'd be really great to go straight into care with someone that you already kind of know and trust. Number four, think about understanding or at least knowing some really basic lab values like what's your thyroid doing what is your iron situation what is your average blood sugar level or your hemoglobin a1c as really important markers to set yourself to set yourself up for a low risk healthy pregnancy sometimes these things can be off a little bit and you can do some really great work pretty quickly before you even get pregnant and go into your pregnancy 
with so much better options and choices for staying low risk. And then lastly, number five, pay attention to protein and hydration. I cannot tell you how many times or how often we are telling women that the remedy for their particular pregnancy complaint can be basically dialed down to getting enough to drink and getting enough protein in their meals each day. Five things for sure that before you get pregnant, jump on those. But if you have found that you are already pregnant and you have not done any of those, now you have five things that are actionable steps to do right now. Yeah, you absolutely can. That's something that you can throw together. So the reason that this episode ended up coming together, it's been a long time coming, honestly, because there's so little information out there about the first weeks of pregnancy. If you start to Google it, you're going to freak yourself out. Most women discover that they're pregnant around four weeks when they miss their period, right? And so they're about, they're, they're about four weeks pregnant when they find out. Most providers will not schedule your first visit until eight to 10 weeks because they want that first visit to be with a viable pregnancy. They don't want to quote unquote waste their time getting to know you and building relationship and rapport and answering your questions and taking good care of somebody. (laughs) They want to wait until they can be sure via ultrasound or Doppler that your baby hut is large enough and healthy enough to have a heartbeat, which is reassuring. It's really funny. We've had a lot of clients who have hired us early on in their pregnancy, right? Like they, they pee on their stick and they're like emailing and being like, you know, uh, I'd love to interview guys. I'd love to make my first appointment or whatever. And they say like, you know, so in a couple months when I'm ready, whatever. And we're like, well, if you like, why would we push you off any further just because we can't hear the baby with our Doppler in our office doesn't mean that like you don't deserve to get some lab work done. It doesn't right get to know you get to be in relationship. So it's fascinating. I mean, if following the, uh, the more medical model of care in this situation, you potentially have a month or longer waiting for any kind of guidance or reassurance. It says such a disservice to women and families for sure, because there's a ton of things that are addressed in that, or there should be in that first visit that if they were addressed a month prior or something, potentially you made a, would have made different decisions or you would have started researching something different, right? Uh, it's just sort of like a no man's land for a lot of women. Yeah. So if you, if you kind of have a idea ahead of time of who you might want to hire and then you're able to conduct those interviews within a week or two, you could come into care relatively quickly and really get established. But like in our practice, even if we don't see a client for two weeks out just because of availability or their schedules or something, we've already started care so they can start asking questions and email. We can start providing information and education. They have access to our handouts and, you know, all of those things, which is a part of what makes midwifery so comprehensive and supportive for women. But if you are in the phase of trying to figure out who you want to hire, who you want at your birth, and you think that you're considering a midwifery-led experience, 
We have a blog up on our website. I'll link it in the show notes that is all about interviewing a midwife, how to even find midwives in your area, how to know if they're the right fit for you and how to go about that interview process. That's a really common question we get for people who are either newly pregnant or want to become pregnant soon about like, how can I find a midwife? What kind of questions should I be asking? And so that goes into such good detail and throws together all of our best suggestions and information there. Um, But even if you're not planning on hiring a midwife or interviewing a midwife, find that blog and pull up those questions because the ones that aren't necessarily related to midwifery uh, care in general, even if they are, can also be really important questions to be asking your medical care provider, your OB. Yep, agreed. Okay, so let's break down some of the topics that we end up talking about with women that apply to these first couple months of pregnancy, things that women want to know that they're like Googling because they don't have somebody to ask. Let's be a part of sharing that information. So starting off, one of the most common questions is what to avoid. Once you find out you're pregnant, all of a sudden it seems like every single thing you put in your body is potentially harmful. And so some women really freeze in this space of like, oh, can I have that? What am I supposed to do with uh, my supplements I'm taking or et cetera? Yeah. And it's, I always find it interesting that that's like the first go-to versus like, our, our, our general view is like, what could, what should you be adding in? Right. But it's most common that women are like, this is my routine. What should I, what should I stop? What should I not do? Um, so I think most people would know pretty quickly. Okay. If you're doing drugs, not ideal to continue, need to get support on stopping that like ASAP. Um, even some, Prescription medications should probably be considered and yes. do some research on them. Yeah, you know, there's a couple apps for that too that you can like look up your particular medication, whether it's, you know, a mental health thing or whatever, to look for um, pregnancy and breastfeeding as well. Not that it necessarily, you can talk to your care provider specifically who, uh, who prescribed you those things as well. Of course, um, alcohol. There's no um, there's no researched safe amount of alcohol at any point in pregnancy. So put that in your back pocket, and um, that would be one of like the most common ones to avoid. Um, now, exposure to certain things. So most often we hear right, um, moms shouldn't be eating. The pregnant moms shouldn't be eating uh, sushi, like raw fish. They shouldn't be eating. Um, deli meats right that's because of exposure to certain things including listeria which you know it's not just deli meat right the last like handful i feel like of listeria outbreaks have been like spinach from random places as well right and so we have to take a step back and be like yes maybe i should consider what i should avoid but also let me think about the sourcing of the food that i'm eating all around yeah, no one's going to tell a pregnant woman, oh, you've got to be really careful with the spinach. It's just deli meat. Yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating, isn't I it? I know. Yes. Um, excessive caffeine intake as well. So that one is, I feel like, really common for moms to ask us, can I still have like a cup of coffee? And we're like, enjoy your cup of coffee. But we've had seasons, I've had seasons of my life where I'm like, I just have four cups of coffee today. That's probably right. And so trying to... Um, 
pull back on some of those pieces is ideal. But there is some research showing that you can have a small amount of caffeine each day. But working on how you're nourishing yourself, how you're moving your body, how you're supplementing yourself, those pieces can also give you a lot of um, energy from within without the jittery caffeine. Well, yeah, and also like have some perspective because if you're like, well, I'm going cold turkey on the coffee and I'm not doing that to my baby, yet you're eating food out of plastic and spraying yourself with perfume every morning and all the other endocrine and environmental disruptors like there we need some perspective here on on the common recommendations and then what is what is actually possible and what we're able to do and if we're going to get really strict on certain things and not on others it's a it's a source of irritation for me for sure and it just comes down to your comfort as well we have clients who come in who are like I'm actually very comfortable eating or, you know, like drinking my raw dairy and eating my sushi and we source it well. We trust it. Great. Great. It's an, it's a basis of, it's a decision made on education. Yeah. Not because someone told you not to do a thing, but because you understand what the actual risks are and you've done a bit of research. What a great way to prepare you for all the other decisions you're going to have to make in your entire life now that you're a parent. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of them. Okay, um, another thing that a lot of women don't know is that you're not supposed to change the cat litter in your house, but you're also not supposed to interact with the chicken poop or other fowl, other other bird. Bird poop is a no-no. Taxoplasmosis is really common, and it can be harmful to everybody, but it's especially harmful to a brand-new pregnancy. And that is a great reason to say, sorry, can't do that anymore, hand it off to somebody else. What a great exercise in delegation and parenting and asking for help. And getting something taken off your to-do list. I'll take it. So good. Yeah. Okay, now I'm going to go through a couple of other frequently asked questions. Kelly, I'm going to ask you, rapid fire, you are going to give (laughs) the answer with a brief explanation. Okay. Okay. Can I still exercise when I'm pregnant? Yes, as long as you are doing something that your body is still comfortable doing. You're not pushing yourself too hard and you're not getting any feedback from your body that, uh, like, ouch, this hurts now or this is too much. Can I do hot yoga? Uh, yeah, I mean, as long as you're, like, not absolutely, like, pushing yourself to the brink where you're like, I'm get you know that feeling where you're like or you're like in a hot tub or something and you're like I'm so hot I need to get out that's the time that you exit can I still lift heavy weights yeah as long as you're not I like I'm looking at you like I'm like yeah what stop asking me um yeah as long as you're not putting too much like pressure on your pelvic it's the same thing right like you don't want um to not listen to your body I'm a marathon runner, and I run, like, 15 to 20 miles a week. Can I keep doing that? Uh, same answer. As long as your uh, your caloric intake and all, like, your nutrition is on point and all that good stuff. But you may notice that there's a time where your body says, actually, we're not going to do that right now. And you also have to be willing to slow down. I don't really exercise, but I think now is the time that I'm going to take on a new intense exercise program for the health of the pregnancy, of course. That's okay, right? I would, you know, highly recommend 
leaning into slowly working your way up moving your body is very important even simply walking 30 minutes every single day will actually be an incredible benefit to you your baby starting slow much more ideal okay i feel informed in this area can i go in hot tubs uh yes until you get to that point that you're like i feel really hot in here can i still have sex yep all day long if you want are there certain positions i should avoid while i'm having sex uh anything that doesn't make you feel good you should avoid that how should i sleep i heard that you have to lay on your left side or your baby will die yeah isn't that a crazy one Okay, a lot of those. Um, yeah, that's really ideal. Sometimes, like, you may not actually want to do that if that doesn't feel very good. Utilizing pillows as much as you can. You can totally lay on your back until the same answer as so many of these other ones. Your body tells you, oh, I don't really feel quite right. That's too much. I don't, you know, feel good. But even in that space, you can just wedge a little pillow underneath one of your uh, hips and still technically be on your back. But have a little weight lifted off. When will I feel the baby move? Uh, it depends on like what pregnancy you're in. Uh, anywhere between like, I don't know, 16 and 22 weeks. Most common first time moms, I would say closer to like that 20 week, 18, 22 week mark. Should I go out right now and buy a bunch of maternity clothing? Uh, I mean, if you want to. <laughs> when am I going to start to show? Uh, depending on what pregnancy you're on. If this is like your second plus pregnancy, you may start showing when you like pee on a stick. But first time moms might not show till like, you know, mid second, right? Like 18, 20 weeks. Some women not even till like 25 weeks. Depends. Thank you. I feel very informed. Great. Okay, let's talk about nausea and vomiting because... Wait, how did I do? Oh no, you did amazing. Great. You're hired. Great. Thank you for leaving so much of the actual choices in my court because I'm the primary decision maker for my body and my baby. And I've utilized your recommendations to inform that choice. You can do what you would like with that information. And I, and I will. So thank you. Great. Okay. Nausea and vomiting. Really common. That doesn't typically come up until like six, seven, eight weeks of pregnancy. So the moment you find out you're pregnant, you're probably not going to get hit with a nausea and vomiting situation. However, there are some things that can be done about it to alleviate that for women. I would say a good 50, 60% of women are going to have some amount of nausea. A uh, smaller percentage than that are going to actually throw up. Very small percentage of women are like violently ill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's such a common thing. And I know it's called morning sickness, but you may notice that you're not just um, feeling nauseous in the morning. It's kind of all day or sporadically throughout the day. Um, some things to be thinking about. One of the first things that we recommend is uh, eating consistently like often enough and focusing on blood sugar stabilization so as much as you can pulling yourself out of the cycle of I don't feel well so I'm not going to eat but then I get more nauseous and then right you get into it's really hard to step out of that cycle but trying to get at least a little bit of protein some healthy fats in there or if you're just like all I can do is carbs trying to see what you can do to add on even just the time even if it's like a bit of avocado or nut butter something um, into that. 
Um, ginger as well, ginger tea, ginger supplements, ginger tinctures, all kinds of stuff, ginger pops. I know like those preggy pops, I think it's pretty much all ginger and probably some citrus in there too because that can be super helpful as well. Um, a lot of people find some support in acupressure, acupuncture. There's bands that you can wear on your wrist because there's a couple of those um, pressure points there that help with that as well as the homeopathic Nux Vomica. That's like a really helpful um, just general nausea support homeopathic. Yes. And just good. That's a, that's one, that's a staple to have on hand for all things related to GI distress. One of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple of things to know about picking a good prenatal vitamin. You do not want to get the one from Costco or Trader Joe's. That is not going to have what you need in it. But a short checklist of what you're looking for in a prenatal vitamin is that it's made from whole food sources, preferably organic. All the B vitamins on the back of the ingredients list are in methyl or methylated versions. And... Another important part of choosing a prenatal vitamin is do not expect it to cover all the bases. It is not going to be the only supplement you take if you want to have adequate stores of nutrients during your pregnancy. There's a lot of specific ways to nourish yourself with targeted food and other targeted supplements. You know, it's really fascinating. Friends of ours started a supplement company recently, like over the last few months have been building it out. And they came to us for some support in creating a a prenatal line. And they were like, okay, well, with everything we want to include and what we see being important, given the information that you've given us, people would have to take like 25 of these every day if we're going to put everything in there. So they had to pull out, okay, we can't actually get the the levels recommended all in here, right? And so they can give you sort of a, a general... Like we'll hit some bait, we'll hit most of your bases, but even in that, their RDA and like the recommendation, all of that may still be lower than what you need simply because that's a lot to, to jam into one pill. Yeah. Even five. And on, in that same vein of nutrient stores and nutrition and such, nutrition and pregnancy is your number one tool for avoiding complications and our favorite place to give women that information in a really easy way to digest is real food for pregnancy by lily nichols that would be an excellent place to start with eating for all of the benefits of having a low-risk pregnancy yeah and you may not get a lot of nutrition support when you go when you go in for your appointments if you're in more of the medical model and so that's even more reason to lean into a book like that we trust um the recommendations in there there's food guides and recipes and all the like science behind it it is um an easy to easy to digest book Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, I do know what you're talking about. And I'll link it in the show notes because that's something that we give as a gift to all of our clients. We love it so much. Some other things to be researching in a healthy way, not endlessly Googling every little twinge of your uterus, um, but your birth preferences. Start to read natural birth books. Start to look at your labor support. Are you going to have a doula? What's available in your area? What are some um, 
tools and resources that that individual can bring into your experience. It is not too early to start learning about birth and what kind of birth you want to plan. Yeah, absolutely. So don't feel intimidated or like you should wait because of a lot of these things you actually shouldn't. You should start reaching out um, if you want a doula, if you want a birth photographer, if you want certain things that um, because people's schedules fill up also. Yeah, it's an important thing to get on top of. We have a list of all of our favorite books about natural birth planning. I'll link that in the show notes. Yeah, that's a that's a little helpful list for sure. I feel like the biggest thing is women are in this space, especially those who are waiting to see somebody or waiting to feel like they can ask questions is there's just a, there's just a big need for reassurance for a lot of pieces that are happening because if you are, this may be a new experience or even if it's like your 10th pregnancy there, it's a really, it's like a tender, vulnerable time. All of pregnancy is, but there's something specific about this early pregnancy space that just feels really tender and so I like that we can get on here and chat about some of the things that may make women feel like that right one of the common things that we get sent uh either from clients of our own or even some women will message us on Instagram like is this normal and we're like of course we're not going to give you medical advice right but I find it fascinating the more research I do on how common spotting in early pregnancy actually is and it's and it doesn't lead to miscarriage is kind of mind-blowing like 60% plus of the time that women are spotting in early pregnancy it's actually uh, we don't really always have like an answer for like oh that's what was going on it just sort of is something that happens. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of women are waiting for that first appointment in order to like confirm that or confirm the viability of their pregnancy. And if your provider is preferring to wait until 8, 10, 12 weeks for that, you actually can get an early ultrasound around six weeks. Um, Or you can get labs or you can get, there's so many pieces that should be offered to women in the early stages if they're feeling particularly concerned about the health of their pregnancy, or if they're just curious and want the information, it should be available to them. It is happening inside their body. It doesn't need to be a secret that is left for a care provider to provide. Um, And so you can walk into a little boutique ultrasound in your area and check on your baby after six weeks if you just want to see the heartbeat. You also can head to walkinlabs.com and order your own HCG draws and get those values yourself. And so if for some reason you're having a hard time nailing down a care provider or getting into one at the time that you want, I hope you feel empowered that some of those pieces can be taken care of by you. Yeah, it's unfortunate when women find themselves in that situation, but if you do, you can have some empowerment to move forward with those things. Um, Other things that just are generally questions that women like, "Uh, is this normal? Um, I'm experiencing this thing. That can't be right, right? Um, But these are actually pretty common signs in early pregnancy, including we get a lot of questions about breasts, right? Breast tenderness, nipple tenderness, that's actually quite normal. Um, if you're brushing your teeth and you're like, oh, or even just eating something and you're like, why are my gums feeling so tender or like a little bit of like more blood or something when you're, um, brushing your teeth, that's actually quite common feeling super fatigued, feeling nausea, those things 
you know, they can signify something else is going on, but they're also very common symptoms of simply just working through that first um, trimester in pregnancy. One that I was really surprised by was vivid dreams. It is really common and I would get insane dreams, especially at the beginning of pregnancy and then again towards the uh, again towards the end, but the beginning phase, man, some of those I would wake up and I'm like, there's no way that's not real. Or like I had such a response in that dream. How, how was that just in my brain? So crazy. Um, pelvic heaviness can feel pretty uh, common as well, simply because your uterus is growing and um, and all of those sensations are new. If you've had a pregnancy before as well, that sometimes can come up a little bit faster. It doesn't mean that your pelvic floor is having problems necessarily. It's just that sensation of like something is there, right? Um, needing to pee a lot. That's often, um, kind of like a, a sign whether you know you're pregnant or not, or you're trying to search for, you know, signals that you may be pregnant, increased urination for sure. Um, increased vaginal discharge also, which is um, like normal, common. A lot of women ask about that because they're just like, I'm just not used to all of this down here. Um, and one that I got in my first pregnancy, but not in the others, and I, I don't actually know what it comes down to is that metallic taste that can sometimes uh, come into your mouth. Totally normal. You're you're not um, you're not like hallucinating or imagining things. Yeah, it's got something to do with how your digestion changes and fascinating. Yeah, and really unfortunate. I remember just hating the taste of my mouth when I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it was related to gut health in some way. Yeah, that was uh, old Tiffany. Yeah, we've walked through some different seasons of our lives in this uh, in this episode for sure. But hopefully there's some reassurance there that some of those things actually can be normal. Of course, there's some things that can go sideways at any point in pregnancy. And those are concerns. Even if any of these things you're like, I'm experiencing it, but I still have questions or concerns. Talk to your care provider. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. And... There's also plenty of women who have zero symptoms and have a very healthy pregnancy. So just because you are not experiencing the majority of these or experiencing it to the degree that your neighbor or your sister or your best friend did does not mean that there's anything wrong with your pregnancy. Yes, absolutely. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to like dig in more to this. There's nothing wrong with wanting education in your pregnancy. There's nothing wrong with wanting reassurance in some of these things. So if you're made to feel like something is wrong with you because you want reassurance, um, you may want to start searching elsewhere as well. But those things are, um, those things are actually good. They're good. And one of our favorite things to do is to provide um, consultations with ladies just like you who are in this like season. We're happy to meet with you answer questions, point you in some direction of more research to do, things to be thinking about. So you can find that in the show notes as well about how to uh, book a consultation with us to chat about some of these things if you find yourself desiring to. Yeah, we would love that. The last thing that we're going to leave you ladies with is our prenatal supplement checklist. This is a brand new resource we have created 
what women should be taking when they're not pregnant. We have created what women should be taking postpartum, but we have not made a specific resource for this prenatal pregnancy time until now. So we're making that available to you guys first. In the show notes, you will find the free download for prenatal supplement checklist. We'll go through everything that women should be taking and why and how much of it they should be taking and our best recommendations for great products in supplements during pregnancy. Yes, don't miss it. So hopefully this one was a helpful one for you, especially if you are in that um, early stage of pregnancy, which is exciting and a little um, a little scary and nerve-wracking and wonderful and all of the things all rolled into one. So hopefully this was um, an encouragement. We will catch you guys next week.